0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week, we are diving into the Sermon on the Mount proper, and we're talking about the Beatitudes. And yeah, I brought the message this week, and I shared some direction of interpretation that might be different than you had growing up. And that's okay. Um, There's different ways of approaching text, but we're going to wrestle through some of those things. Uh, What do the Beatitudes actually mean for us? Is this a checklist of things we're supposed to strive for, or what is it? Anyway, we're going to dive right in without any further ado to the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. All right, can we start the show?
1: (laughs) So if you heard all of that because you were watching live, great, but if you didn't, you probably won't ever hear it.
0: (laughs) So we're watching, so like we watch a preview that's like delayed. We just realized that Alex's rear end was in the camera for about 30 (laughs) seconds. (laughs) Uh, Uh. It's
1: not that kind of show.
0: Uh. (laughs) You just literally...
1: (laughs) Cut! (laughs) Welcome, everybody. We have had an interesting beginning. This is our official (laughs) beginning now. We've had like five minutes of pre-record that has been fascinating, so it's welcome. three minutes okay fine. we're fine welcome to the red uh couch theology podcast where we are back where we belong
0: yeah we're back in the studio but we we had to assemble the studio while the show was going and um, so as i asked thought. Aaron
1: the question uh was the live show a mistake i can't go that far
0: you said it was a mistake No, i
1: didn't i asked you
0: all right so here's my here's my theory thing. yeah here's my theory in the live show and For those of you who are fans, uh, you know who you are, which is a small (laughs) percentage of crazy people. Like, we question your intelligence for being a fan of the show. Um, (laughs) um, No, for those of you who are fans, uh, maybe you'll agree with me. Otherwise, push back. Feel free. Comment on the YouTube channel um, whether you disagree with it. I felt like it was fun, it was useful, and it was not the Red Couch Theology podcast.
1: Yeah. That That's was the my assessment. Thought, yeah. So yeah. it
0: was fine. It was q and A Q&A session at South Fellowship uh-huh. Church. Yes. And but what makes the show is all of this nonsense.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, the, the way that we laugh at the uh, the ways we think we're funny. Yeah. Uh, which is harder to do with a bunch of people that aren't laughing. It's like, yeah.
0: We say jokes that aren't funny and then we laugh at them and everyone says, maybe it is funny. Yeah. Maybe and then it, it works. Is, yeah. But when there's a live audience and no one's laughing. Yeah. They, which you, you guys laughed some. But it wasn't the same as like the belly laughter that we give each other. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's what clearly makes the show so. And
0: and I think part of the sh- the the show's dynamic, which we're, so we're discovering this ourselves along with you, and you have probably known this a long time. Part of the show dynamic is this push pull, mm-hmm. both comically where we laugh at each other's jokes unnecessarily, but also like even some of the theological push pull where. We'll challenge each other with things we disagree with yeah. or we ask really hard questions. But when we're just answering questions, we're just, like, talking out at the audience. And it felt much more like a sermon yes. or, like, a very official yes, polish. Totally. This, is this, this is the stance of the South yeah. Fellowship <laughs> Church leadership on said I subject. I
1: don't sound like that at all. At all? At all. Never, uh, never would I ever never sound, would I like sound, like, so... Like so I, Format, I have so. heard a saying um, that is used in the military that goes like this. No plan survives contact with the enemy.
0: Are you calling your no, audience the enemy? No,
1: no, 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 let me finish. <laughs> okay, sorry. So I'm going to extend that and say, no plan survives contact with your friends too. Okay. Like, we we were contacting and encountering friends, but obviously... Everyone who listens brought some of themselves to that as well. And so it was different. Not bad, but different.
0: It was just different,
1: yeah. Um, And so would it be something that we would want to do every week? Probably not, uh, because it wouldn't be the same show.
0: You know, I'm actually kind of horrified that that thought entered your mind ever.
1: It never did. While
0: I was setting up the studio and carrying all this equipment down there to the 6510, I already knew. This is not a thing I could do every week. (laughs) Oh, is it Frozen?
1: I have no idea what's going on today. It's not playing.
0: Oh, it's just not, our preview is not playing. It's yeah. fine. We're You're fine. Terrifying, I'm more me, set up,
1: more terrifying me with the technology today.
0: It's amazing how important it is for you to be streaming. Um, yeah. <laughs> we should start the show in a more official no, no, direction.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, we did the live show and that was, it was the end of another series. And this week, well, actually, no, it was right at the start of the last, this series. We started a new series on the Sermon on the Mount.
0: Well, um, here, before we move to that, can I just ask a question to our audience? If you loved it, please let us know. Like, if you're like, that was the best thing ever, mm-hmm. um, let us know. What we might do in the future is just, instead of making it the Red Couch Theology podcast, we'll just do a live stream for South Fellowship Church. Mm or something like that or i don't know just,
1: maybe we should just invite some of the the high ranking fans uh, onto the show there's goodness. a ranking system i don't know all
0: right anyway you, uh, you we, do, we do you want some feedback rank. about how the live show was was it beneficial was it helpful because we don't want to ditch it just because we yeah. didn't think it was quite the same dynamic because yeah. maybe you loved it so yeah, all right we'll could... move on we read
1: um sermon on the mount uh-huh yes what is the sermon on the mount This is the so we're in a switcheroo because you preached on Sunday, so I get to just ask all these questions that you usually ask, and I have to think of responses in the spur spur of the moment. Yeah, which, um,
0: so you asked me, What is the Sermon on the Mount?
1: What is the Sermon on the Mount?
0: Well, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's kingdom manifesto, but you actually covered that in the previous week,
1: yeah. But there's somebody's not everybody listens every single
0: week, yeah. So, I mean, so I would. So I made the argument on Sunday that this is kind of like the constitution mm-hmm. of Jesus's new nation that He is trying to start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see Which that.
0: Which that's I'm hoping that language connects more with our non uh, monarchy fans because <laughs> um, you understand kingdom a little bit better. Yeah, but it's sort of like a puppet kingdom a little bit
1: yeah a little bit it's It's not quite um, like you still have a prime minister it's funny how it's funny how like an actual kingdom even to a british person who's loved having a queen for the whole of his life and now loves having a king there is like this tension i was uh, i was watching um my kids were watching this tv show uh based on tangled the disney yeah uh, show and Classic. It's yeah, yeah, and this is the now the like the extension of it's know, tangled ever after or something like that. And uh, the king of the 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 place called Corona is talking to his citizens, and he's like, "I am your king, but I'm also your brother and your friend, and we're in this together." And you're like, "But you live in a castle, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they pay taxes, so you can live in a castle." And I'm always intrigued by these like idyllic monarchies that are presented in certain Mm. shows like you know usually fairy tales or something like that where everybody's so happy and goes and cheers because the king and queen are getting Mm. married um and then goes back to their poverty and squalor (laughs) and (laughs) desperately paying taxes to enable it to happen like there's a weird tension in a kingdom when you think about it too much um
0: don't pay attention to the to the peasants in the corner
1: yeah now now well, is it different than than our actual reality of, like, those of us that say we live paycheck to paycheck and, you know, uh, uh, through the things that we purchase, through the things that we subscribe to, are uh, allowing people to live opulent lifestyles? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really pushing into the question of is America really a meritocracy, which we can't really answer today. Um, but I do understand, at least, yes, the idea of having a king but we all understand having something bigger, like an overarching system that says this is the, the constitution under which we live. And constitution maybe is good a times. Yeah, which so.
0: I even like reference in the opening of the sermon. I talked about like these pretty iconic moments, both of which uh-huh. well, I think I actually quoted three significant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, yeah. significant speeches. One document that was maybe partially a speech, the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm. all three of them quote the constitution. Yeah. Uh, this iconic line that we you know we're founded on all this principle are, yeah. that all men are created equal,
1: yeah
0: um and so when my call back to this is the Sermon on the Mount is this inauguration of this new nation that he 's mm-hmm. starting it 's the same concept, so like that this all men are created equal is a principle on which this nation's founded in and that these other sermons or speeches. Call back to to say we should do life differently because mm. of this foundational document. Yes. Same now, thing is true with the Sermon yeah, of the Mount. Yeah, and
1: I think it's interesting that, one, like if you were to pick up the New Testament and start reading it, this is the first bulk teaching that you would come to. Yep. Like you'd open it. um I, A question that maybe reflects back to the week before, but I think is important is who is Jesus talking to?
0: Yeah, so I explained Sunday that it's the, the island of the misfit toys, yeah. right? It's like all these these ragtag characters, the high school dropout, like you described in the sermon prior, which again, I'll said it on Sunday, but I'll say it again, go back and listen to Alex's first week. If you haven't yet, because I think the whole concept of bounded set center set Mm. that you talked about is so unbelievably important for a conversation. And so we have to think into those dynamics Mm in order to engage the rest of the sermon. Mm. And so I'm like, if you don't understand what I mean by center set or bounded set, go back. Because otherwise you may just not, Jesus won't love you as much. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) This podcast won't love you as much.
0: This went dark real fast. Um, No, but please go back because I think it's so helpful. It's a framework of how to think Mm -hmm. about things related to Jesus's teaching. It's super helpful.
1: So, fascinating like little quirk of the Sermon on the Mount. Luke has a similar set of teachings. His is the Sermon on the Plain, um, which has always intrigued me in terms of, like, is it the same sermon? Is it just that they're, like, is the setting different intentionally? Uh, There's one thing to climb a mountain. Mountains have this spiritual connection. Plains have this nature of equality everyone's on the same level um
0: which speaks to the purpose of maybe these two different gospels yeah absolutely like
1: luke will say blessed are the poor matthew will say blessed are the poor in spirit and like what's the difference is there a difference all those yeah. different questions but but we're just trying to stick with matthew's sermon on the mount that records like word for word it seems everything jesus said uh, so he's gathered this ragtag bunch of misfit toys um, and he's going to begin talking to them. And somewhere, like the, the, the shift I tried to sketch out the week before was, it starts off, uh, his disciples came to him and he taught them. And it ends and the crowds were amazed at his teaching. So something happens in the course of the sermon that says to a whole bunch of people who are probably used to being told that you don't belong that you don't fit, mm-hmm. that there's a possibility that in Jesus' new constitution, kingdom, ecosystem, all those different things, yeah. you might fit. What, yeah. does, what do they hear that says you might fit?
0: Yeah, the, ca- the case that I made um, is that the way he chooses to start this sermon is to make sure that his his audience of misfits believe truly believe that they are allowed to participate mm. in what he's about to teach mm-hmm. him um and so that's his main agenda to start with like is imagine if your congregation's like why are you teaching us spiritual things yeah. like we're not qualified for this yeah our entire lives we've been told mm-hmm. that we're the unfortunate yeah the less valuable yeah. the spiritually inferior like yeah, yeah, all yeah. that, like and you're trying to teach us spiritual things, you idiot. Yeah. And no, he's like, No, I would like to level the playing field and say you're in you are allowed to engage spiritual life and spiritual journey and spiritual maturity. Um and so anyway, that's what he does. That's what the Beatitudes are functioning as. Um, at least how we read them. Um Yeah. Should I tell him about what I did to you on Sunday morning?
1: Oh, you should, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so i was i was actually on vacation on sunday for a wedding yeah um, so did you facilitate the wedding i did officiate yes mean? i did yes yes facilitate yeah yeah, yeah yeah so in the midst of the joy of facilitate like facilitate sounds more yeah. like you're
0: like like one of those people at the <laughs> runway at the airport sound like i'm
1: a wedding planner which a, a wedding i planned would not be good um <laughs> that is not my skill set uh, i uh officiated the wedding in terms of i did the things um, yeah um Yeah. Nice. Um, And fun little story. The bride was my sister-in-law and she came to us the day after and said, so we need to do the wedding again. Um, Seriously? Yeah, she hadn't picked up the marriage license and it can't be picked up the day after. So we had to do like a little backyard secret wedding uh, to make it official on that day as well, which I think she just actually wanted to wear her wedding dress again. Uh, I think I could have just signed a different date to be honest but it was well, fun. I mean,
0: you pay enough for a wedding dress you should be allowed to wear absolutely, it twice absolutely totally without I, I having totally to that. get divorced and remarry exactly
1: the... yeah. yeah and well she done. She, she, well played. she wore it with a funky little purple hat which matched her husband's suit on that second wedding so it was fun and fun. I so I got to do a wedding in jeans and a hoodie and uh Birkenstocks which is great Um, But it was a joyful wedding to participate in. And in the midst of doing the rehearsal on the Sunday morning, I got a text from Aaron, which said...
0: Which said, hey, Alex, uh, how would you feel if I only preached on the first Beatitude?
1: (laughs) Instead of the first eight
0: Beatitudes. Yes, instead of the first eight. And um, because I knew, I think we even maybe talked about it on the show. I can't remember. We talked about it a ton outside of the show. But I knew... That one of your great griefs about the series was that you weren't going to be able to preach in the Beatitudes, and so you didn't. You just didn't relinquish it. You said, "Let's do two <sighs> weeks on the Beatitudes," and you I, you actually mentioned it in the sermon. Yeah, first week you actually is. mentioned I hoped that Aaron was going to preach it wrong yes. so I could preach it again right. Yes,
1: totally. And then we talked about interpretation of the Beatitudes, and we were on the same page. So then, so, many
0: so then we agreed that okay. So then he and I had to do a little bit of work together to figure out what am I going to cover? What's he going to cover so that we're not just repeating every single thing the whole week or between the two weeks. Well, here I'm prepping and I ran through my message and I made the decision, which I don't regret at all, to show a ton more of John's story Mm -hmm. from Kenya. John and Tyler Maxwell, uh, that video. Because it just illustrated so perfectly this marginalized group of people who don't who society would say isn't blessed, yeah. but that because of Jesus are blessed. Yeah. Anyway, it was a beautiful illustration. Um, anyway, and, and... so I decided I'm going to use a ton of their story, uh-huh. which meant all the setup work I had to do to create the logical flow of thought. The pattern of logic in the first beatitude is a pattern that then continues through the rest of them. So I spent 25 to 28 minutes setting up the pattern. yes. And I'm thinking, and I have a 12-minute video. I'm thinking, this is going to be a 60-minute sermon. Which
1: would be un- which would be so unbrand for you. No
0: way. You Come totally on. would.
1: All of you are like, wait, you run over by three and a half minutes, and every time you preach, you overrun by miles. Not Just miles. Just proving it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> That's true. It is not as easy as it
0: looks. I have so much more compassion and empathy. Um... <laughs> um anyway, anyway, so so I texted him. Here was my hope. <laughs> I have to tell because I haven't even told you this yet. My hope was that you'd text me back with this deep sense of excitement and like, yes, I would love to teach the rest yeah. of them. Instead, he came back with a much more politically correct, a like s- measured. I trust you. I trust the spirit. Whatever you feel like the sp- spirit's leading. And I was like, that wasn't a yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, maybe he's been studying super deep into, like, no. the whole, like, suffering side of thing and this persecution side. I don't want to, like, force him in a different direction. And he's busy because he's doing a rehearsal. And I was like, that's not very nice to do to him on Sunday morning. Mm. I decided I'm going to try and cover at least of the, all of them that I told him I was going to cover. And so I did. I spent you did 28 him. minutes on one. Yeah. And then three and a half minutes and on all of the rest of job them. job
1: on the other three. And uh, I think my comfort was, do you know what? Uh, I can just do what I want the next week. Anyway, <laughs> it's not like, I, you know, so here's my uh, hope
0: is that you're going to go through some of the rest of them.
1: I, I almost certainly will. Cause I think it's, I think partly because the, the way we're talking about the, atti- the, attitudes, the, the atti- attitude, the attitudes, uh, the attitudes, the B attitudes is uh, that it is kind of new in actual fact, that like wordplay um, resembles a, a common way of reading the Beatitudes, like the "be" attitudes Like, these are things you should try and be. Um, like, they've been listed as virtues to try and chase after. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, for a lot of church commun- community life, it requires some mental gymnastics to read them all like that. Um, and yet there is a case that you can read the Beatitudes that way. These are things that Jesus wants you to try and become. Um, yep. but that's not the way that you read it on Sunday, not the way that either of us read it personally.
0: Now, now there's a third way that I've had more people push back on my reading mm-hmm. with a third different direction, Interesting, which, which, is which was a, a little bit of a surprise to uh-huh. me. I'd heard it the previous week with um, once, but then I've heard it a couple more times. Mm. Um, which is that this is actually sort of a roadmap or a sort of a metaphor for salvation.
1: Yeah, and have that, you heard that's, that? Yeah, there's a book that was written, and I'm uh, the Beatitudes Ladder. I want to call it or something like that, and it, and it basically suggests that you have to move through these different things in order to. It's find, a progressive yeah, 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 thing.
0: So, yeah. like for. The first one is sort of entrance into the kingdom, uh-huh. which, which does read it in the humility sort of language, which I, yeah. uh, sorry, I tried to debunk yeah. on Sunday, but, and then the next one is then you mourn over your sin. Yeah. And then the next one is you, um, you in this meekness, you inherit the earth. And I, I, again, I, I haven't worked my mind through this framework yeah. fully to argue it well. So, but That's the progression is it's sort of a descriptive of description of a maturing kingdom life through time. Um, Yeah. And and I heard more comments from those folks um, than I did from the folks who said, no, this is something you're trying to be.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Well, which I mean, uh, I would say that both of them are you're trying to do something or trying to feel something or trying to experience something. Mm-hmm. It's just one is progressive and one is uh, general.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: so so I've, uh, my feeling is that reading still requires some mental gymnastics and, and kind of starts to disclude some of the uh, clauses that Jesus attaches to his statements.
0: And I think some of the textual context.
1: Yes. So which... – so, yeah. So, so I think I think to me one of the things I think you did really well, and I think is is at the heartbeat of my understanding of the beatitudes is that the beatitudes are specifically countercultural statements. Yes. Which that, we
0: don't catch on to.
1: No, yeah. but but like we 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 do like as we start to like think about them in our context yes like start to catch on to like we can we can transfer these to some modern readings and start to see you know that that we know which categories of people are blessed yeah and we know which characters categories of people aren't blessed um and then we can start to to mirror them up to some of jesus statements
0: yeah, um, and I think that's why I spent so much time on the word Makarios.
1: Yeah, which was great. I loved that. It's i like, a little annoyed because I was going to talk about that, and I was even going to use the hashtag blessed thing if you didn't use it. Really? Yeah. Um,
0: that makes me feel so happy because then it, it makes me feel like I'm slightly smart. Uh, <laughs> I came up with something you would have come up with. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, like,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, um, because that's, in, in its world, that was the equivalent. Mm-hmm. Is, almost that like can't believe that group of people Mm. is so visually obviously blessed and the and if you look at the two the two words that can be translate blessed this one's definitely not the one where god blesses people yes and so that's like so as soon as you start to read the text as if any of these are related to god having a hand in the blessing
1: uh, yeah
0: then yeah, yeah. you're suddenly yeah, yeah, yeah. missing the greek are, word yes. here
1: yeah and a great word i don't know if you you used this and if you didn't i'll probably use it this week i'll have to go back and check but a great to me a great
0: tell them all their punchlines yeah, yeah now. totally
1: yeah <laughs> for the sermon i haven't written yet. yeah exactly. <laughs> because you know this week's been a week um <laughs> congratulations Is a great word. Oh, yeah. You know, congratulations. Because it it taps into some of the almost like snark to the word of like, well, it must be nice. Yeah. Like, congratulations are you. Yeah. Like, when you look at the opposite side, like, because that's what we feel sometimes when we see someone who's rich. Well, it must be nice. must be nice to have like, you know, I was teasing my friend the other day. I dropped by her house and she was driving around in a, a nice car with her kids and she had a had a Tesla Model X in the garage that was just sat there and I was like you're the only person I know that has uh Model X just like just you know just hanging out just not being used gathering dust yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um you know uh and I'm, uh, yeah, I love so it. Yeah, blessed. Yeah, yeah. But, but also like, congratulations, it must be nice. Yeah, you have um, arrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh. and so there's the sum of that word that was in the language of the day. Um, so when you read all of these statements, like in the opposite, like blessed are not the poor in spirit, but those that know they've arrived spiritually. Blessed are those who are celebrating life because they have had everything that they wanted given to them. Blessed are those that are literally the powerful, the ones in charge. Like it has that dual level of yeah, it must be nice. Like lucky you. Um, And then Jesus' statements then read in their full countercultural almost horror, because we know that it's not true. Like congratulations, are you that like that are poor, even in spirit? Like in spirit, which is why, like at
0: the end of the video that I showed. The first slide I put up was street kids are blessed. Yeah. And I wanted people like they hear about the the just horrifying situation of these street boys mm-hmm. and street girls. And then I wanted to put street kids are blessed on a screen mm-hmm. is the is the spiciness yeah. and the tension that Jesus was speaking to his original audience. And then you say because they have a good father and you're like, Oh, I see what's going on here. That I felt like that story that um, John shared about his childhood and about all these other kids that he works with. Yeah. Illustrated how tense this would have been.
1: And so, so I think it's weird to me that I, and again, my, my reading, your reading, we could be wrong. Like both require at different points some not mental gymnastics, maybe, but some, some explanation uh because because i would say the beatitudes split four and four and the second four are definitely virtues but that in jesus day could have an interpretation of being negative as well like to talk about peacemakers like in jesus day and i can't remember if you touched on this but yeah like like that could be a negative term in jesus day but we would say no a peacemaker is is a positive thing but but it's curious to me that it feels like at times the church has caught onto the beatitudes slower than people outside the church. So this is a song Simon and Garfunkel wrote in.
0: Yeah, which Dallas Willard quotes.
1: Seven? Does he? Yeah. Oh, no way. I didn't. I, that's not where because I, I heard it just because I like Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, so the 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 song is called Blessed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the they lyri- get it. The lyrics are. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. Blessed is the lamb whose blood flows. Blessed are the sat upon, spat upon, ratted on. on. Blessed is the land and the kingdom. Blessed is the man whose soul belongs to. Blessed are the meth drinkers, pot sellers, illusion dwellers. Blessed are the stained glass, window pane glass. Blessed is the church service, makes me nervous. Blessed are the penny hookers, rookers, the cheap hookers, the groovy lookers. Like, he gets this whole mess of like, no, no. Jesus' manifesto says, "Welcome in, regardless of where you are." Like, not just you early risers. We've known the early risers are blessed for years. Blessed are the ones that slept in as well. Like, welcome yeah. in because yours is the kingdom. Like that, like yeah. that counterintuitive, counter-intuitive yeah. statement. And I, yeah, it's just it's just so stunningly good. Jesus. And to me, lands on the one thing that you look at in the sermon that you could see moving a crowd from, "I don't fit." I'm Island of Misfit Toys Yeah. to, oh, I I might be welcomed into this thing. And then, like, I want to love, and we don't get to get to this till the week after next, is that then to all these people, he says, you are the light of the world.
0: And at that moment,
1: you're like, what? (laughs) Dude. Yeah,
0: you know, and like I said, I hinted at a couple times in the message, it's not like he leaves them there because he's about to say some pretty intense stuff. Yeah um stuff that makes me squirm in my seat um he doesn't leave them there but it is shocking that Mm. he's even talking to them as a rabbi figure yeah
1: Um, i'm intrigued as we push on to the like the one i'll talk about this week and again not not had space to write anything yet but um or other than like a few notes but how the disciples heard something like "Blessed are you when people spit upon you and persecute you for my name," because like there's a thing happening. So to me, I think they're like in this moment where they're like, "Wait, what? Like, no, this is going to be good, right? Like, we're changing the world here. Like, you invited us. This is amazing. We're here. in. Like, we're on a mountaintop, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and, You're painting this glorious picture. Yeah. And then, oh, there's spitting involved. Yeah. 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 Like, and not just, like, the <laughs> spitting where you spat in someone's eye and it healed them, but, like, yeah, there's this, like, movement towards, yes, we're invited in. And then this recognition that that's also a separate thing to the world's invited in.
0: Yeah, Jesus
1: isn't saying you now belong to the in crowd in the world around you. Yeah. Jesus is saying, I've created this thing that is, is for you. Um, but people won't get it.
0: So, uh, two things. One, can I share a little bit of attention I had uh, prepping the message and then we should probably get to the questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was the tension? Although
0: we started already answering questions. What was the
1: tension other than you thought, yeah, I might just preach a different sermon than the one we discussed. I
0: was like, should I throw my boss under the bus? (laughs) Yes, I should. No, I'm just joking.
1: Wait, how's Teresa involved in this? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Um. So he, here's what it was. As I have been processing this, I'm such a verbal processor. I mm-hmm. process with several different folks. I realized this text is near and dear to anyone who's been following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to even like we just read it from Simon and Garfunkel, mm-hmm. It's kind of near and dear to mm-hmm. anyone who's grown up in a Judeo Christian yeah. world, but especially for someone who's been walking with Jesus for their whole lives. Um, Most people know that they're supposed to like this text and have read it their whole lives and have probably heard 50 sermons on this. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, probably the majority of those sermons did not read it the way I did Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so as I was approaching this and I was realizing this is one of the barriers for people to hear the message that I'm preaching and and the way that we're approaching the text here at South is not just the logical the greek words mm-hmm. it's not just the argumentation of mm-hmm. it there's some there's some um what's what's the word some like uh, legacy mm. to this text it's not it's not the right term i'm looking yeah. for uh nostalgia there's almost a nostalgic, a nostalgic dearness good,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah some roots some like yeah. yeah
0: and so even if they agree with me they're a little bit sad.
1: Yeah, I could see. And that. I
0: talked to several two people specifically who said you've made me think and I'm almost a little bit sad that you might be right.
1: Yeah, I which could was see that, interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting cuz I first came across this reading of the beatitudes about 15 years ago in a sermon that referenced divine conspiracy which I then went and bought and read. So, and I think Dallas wrote that like more like 17 18 years ago um and so to me it was pure excitement when i heard it read this way i was like oh that makes so much more sense than me trying to figure out how i'm supposed to like being poor because i've been poor wasn't that fun Uh, like I, i i didn't really get it um and and i get like matthew's tension of poor in spirit versus luke just saying poor yeah, but but it like they're not as far apart from each other as we would like to believe. And especially when you were, and, and did you again, like I don't remember everything about your sermon, but like there's a choice in the the term poor he uses. Um, and
0: yeah, I use the translation. Uh, well, the BDAG, which is one of the most the premier Greek um, lexicons. Uh-huh. It actually uses the term extremely yes. inferior. Yeah, there's, there's the, the,
1: like when you think of poverty, whether it's in spirit or financial, there's the, the working poor, the eking out a living like the, the, the paycheck to paycheck crowd. Yeah. Um, and then there's the like the destitute. Yeah. And this is the destitute one. Um, yeah. yeah and
0: partially by choice.
1: Potentially. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's it includes the blind, the lame, the beggars. Yeah. Like the, the the people that have nothing to their name.
0: They have no option. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 So it's, it's yeah, it's it's got all of those connotations. Yeah. Um and so like that to me isn't hum- humility, that's just brokenness. Um like spiritually that's just like I've come to the end of my rope. I have nothing mm-hmm. like to um so like I, I recognizing that as necessary to to come to know jesus but feeling like i didn't even think that was a healthy spiritual practice before i read the beatitudes this yeah like but that. if
0: if you think of it as as that but most people don't they think of it as a synonymous with humility so yeah. i recognize my spiritual need yes and that's my recognition of spiritual need causes me to cry out for god's mercy and yes therefore it's a virtue
1: and and then and then like the tension is like is it only useful for that one moment because i think what's happened to the american church is like we used to call it like the dead dog theology um it was like you know like why would god look up on such a dead dog as me like i'm so messy so broken and 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 that's fine it's just not the way paul talks about spiritual life very often yeah. and it doesn't seem to be the way jesus like paul will say like no in all these things are more than a conqueror like uh, you know he huh. he doesn't tend to very often land in what i would read poor in spirit as being yeah um uh, yeah, and,
0: and my uh, other argument i made in the sermon is that like if that's what he was trying to communicate there are so many better yeah, greek words to a com- yeah, yeah. and i even referenced another text in the book of matthew uh-huh. that does teach that yeah. The, the whole humility posture as a, as a means towards grace so or something. So what's but yeah.
1: fascinating is there are other blessing statements like this from the first century. Like, as in, like, sorry, there are other, like, lists of blessings from the first century. Don't give away all your good stuff from Sunday. But uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe this will be in there. No um, one needs to show up now. on Sunday. Because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 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 like, th- they say things like like... Blessed is the man who gets to sit and watch his children play. Uh, blessed is the man who doesn't have to plough with an oxen and an ass. Like they're 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 all like about like having a family, having. Resources. That's almost the equivalent
0: of the Tesla, like yeah, gathering totally dust. Totally is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, blessed is the man who doesn't have to have a car he doesn't like. Um, the, the these are like. The normal blessed statement. And that's what, to me, throws Jesus' statements into such stark, like, it's so much in the counterintuitive sense. Like, yeah. so, so to, to I, I have no problem with people saying, I believe he's trying to do something really clever and kind of abstract around a ladder to salvation. Yeah. It just feels out of place with the rest of the sermon,
0: which I, which I... is
1: so hard hitting and on the nose. Like, it's so, like, goes for the jugular. Yeah. Um, and
0: I... We could have a whole conversation. We've had plenty of conversations on the show in the past about exegesis and healthy biblical interpretation. Um, And maybe it's... We don't have time to go into that probably in this episode. It's already 40, but, Um It's what we do. It's what we do. We haven't even gotten to the questions. Yeah. Um, Is that
1: 40 from the real start or from the first start?
0: Uh, that's probably from the... Not from the, re- the oh, real so start.
1: At like yeah, yeah we're doing great!
0: Um, yeah, so like the the first goal of good exegesis is to in- determine what the original author or speaker uh-huh. in this case was trying to uh, communicate to the original audience. Mm-hmm. And then you start to make the, the bridge mm-hmm. to the modern context. And I feel like um i'm like i said with you i'm quite comfortable with some that the scriptures are meditative literature yeah. that that the holy spirit can bring out
1: mm-hmm.
0: powerful meaning and purpose and mm-hmm. teaching um in a text that may not be in alignment mm-hmm. with that original audience intent and authorial intent concept uh i'm i'm actually okay with that Uh, I'm more okay with it in the Old Testament because I think that's also what it was intending Mm -hmm. to do. Uh, In a didactic setting or a gospel setting, it's a little bit trickier to make that case exegetically. But the point is, the more metaphorical this is a roadmap to salvation reading, it does almost uh, neglect the context more. Mm -hmm. Who's in the Mm audience— What's the momentum mm-hmm. of the book of Matthew? Yeah. What's Matthew trying to accomplish in his particular yeah. gospel? Why is he saying it now versus then? Mm-hmm. It's a whole momentum and flow of context. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, and then this section we're gonna pull out and make it this whole metaphorical yeah. thing that's sort of a spiritual roadmap thing, and then let's go back to reading mm-hmm. it more straight yeah. in context.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but uh yeah, great job. I could Sunday. be wrong. It was such a fun, like uh fun intro to these ridiculous statements yeah that jesus makes if they're read that way like yeah again like to a whole bunch of people so much like meh i don't know about that but to a whole bunch of people like really good news yeah that's what i love about it like read this way the beatitudes are really good news yeah if you're a misfit
0: toy or you've ever felt like a misfit toy,
1: really uncomfortable news for some and this is something I've been wrestling with recently. I heard this guy say, I can't remember, maybe we even talked about this on the podcast. Um, he talked about how Christians, we did talk about it. Like Christians are so comfortable with grace in retrospect. Mm. Like we love having people in our community that are the, 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 some of the things Simon and Garfunkel wrote about. Like we're all for the meth uh, drinkers like when they've stopped doing it. But when they're still doing it, yeah, that's an uncomfortable invite. And yet Jesus' invite is like, no, come in, you guys. Like, welcome in, you crowds. Like, that's surprisingly good news.
0: Um, yeah, and tension creating, yes.
1: And then then, then, where it gets interesting as we push into the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is what that means. I, I've definitely in Sunday mornings told a story before about a guy I worked with in Detroit. He's one of our discipleship guys in the poorer communities we worked in 48202 was at the time the poorest zip code in detroit and he uh we were chatting one day while walking down at one of the side roads and he said so i gotta tell you this story the other day this guy came to me and said "Uh, i want your help i'm convinced that jesus is who he says he is and i'm supposed to follow him uh the problem is i sell crack for a living Mm, Uh, and i have four kids and um, we have government food stamps because they think I'm unemployed, free health care because they think I'm unemployed. I make $800 a week selling crack. Um, and for us to keep living as we are and uh, and not do that, I need a job that pays $40,000 a year. Um, wow. And so then his question was, what does Jesus want me to do?
0: Oh, goodness gracious.
1: Um, and, and so.
0: And the pastor's like, um, hold on a second
1: my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to the new pastor, yeah, yeah, right? Me, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so so this is the challenge of the Sermon on the Mount, because Jesus is like, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, let's have some hard conversations. Um, because you're welcome in, but this is what kingdom life looks like. Uh, which is the challenge of, that because the the Sermon on the Mount is a high ethical bar, Um you can see why churches, some churches over the years have simply said, Jesus just sets the bar so high, so we need grace. But but there's yeah. no implication that he doesn't expect us to look more like the people he describes in the sermon.
0: Yeah, I've heard it described as like, you got to get them lost before you can get them saved. Yeah. So the, the Sermon on the Mount is just there so that you realize that you can't do it alone.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: They would also make that same argument for the whole book of, like, the first part of Romans, you know, or something. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> but there, there is this beautiful invitation to know, become more like the king in your kingdom. Um, start to copy his behavior. So Jesus takes sexuality and says it's not just an outside thing. It's not just what you do with your body. It's what you do with your thought life. Yeah. Um, Good. And you're yes, like... Yes, it was already hard enough no, before. No, that's so hard. Don't even hate someone yeah what yeah and so so no. that's the beauty of jesus to me his ability to welcome in anybody and set an incredibly high bar for Be everybody. perfect as your
0: heavenly father is perfect no brace way. yourselves people because that's what's coming yeah
1: am i preaching that week
0: oh i hope Almost so. certainly yeah
1: <laughs> anyway what are the questions
0: questions so i'm gonna read all of them okay. because i had the privilege of meeting and having a chat with the person who said all of these questions shout to out to mark that's right Sorry, um, Mark. awesome uh and he was i think it was b- brilliant questions uh and he's so funny like he's he's got a great sense of humor and so this first question is super and a Michigan playful.
1: football fan so yeah I like that too.
0: this first question is super playful um and he's saying uh you guys quoted Dallas Willard. Um, both it's He's been quoted by both Alex and Aaron. The reviews on Amazon make it sound like a waste of $47 for a normal person to read. Would a person with an engineering degree get anything out of this book? Or should we just continue learning about him from quotes, quoted slides? He's so funny. So, like, you have to know, Mark, to know, like, this is definitely cheeky and yeah. he's being playful here. But
1: also, my my first thought was, if you're paying $47 for the Divine Conspiracy today, you're definitely overpaying. Yes, you probably are. Like you can get it used for, like, three bucks.
0: And the reviews on Amazon are probably, a, um, I don't know, I haven't looked at them, but i can totally understand why i said totally, not i can completely understand why uh a lot of people might review dallas willard's stuff uh, negatively because goodness gracious it's like mental you will burn more mental calories reading dallas willard than think, a lot I, of folks
1: uh, i mean i think the divine conspiracy is a pretty gentle read for the most part um,
0: and i this is how i described it to him i said it's not that it's the sentence is hard to read. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's saying some really big theological word. His sentences are actually very straightforward. The problem is the concepts are so abstract Mm. that he'll say something and you're like, I will think about that for Mm. one week Mm. and then I will understand what he means. Mm -hmm. The sentence itself is very Mm self-evident, but it's so dense in its implications that you'll read like one chapter and then, chew on it for a month yes. and then read the next chapter totally, and chew on yeah. it for a month yeah. um and so in that sense it's dense
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's like the he have we talked about this story before on the podcast again it's been enough episodes now but um <laughs> i think it was john Orberg said that there was something dallas willard said um that just like it's it's a brilliant like new thought and he said, he said, that was it. He was on, it was on, uh, on hurry. Um, he said, I, I went to Dallas Willard and said, what's the one thing I should be like processing. And, and Dallas said like R- the ruthless elimination of hurry is the most essential spiritual practice
0: in um, our day. In yeah. our
1: day. And he said, but he, he said like in the original context, he said, as he went to him, he said, I got my pen ready to write down whatever he said. Uh, and he said like, I always get my pen ready whenever I speak to Dallas. He said, I have seen his wife write down something he said, like on a spiritual level <laughs> in the middle of a conversation. He's like, my wife does not do that when I talk. Like yeah. That's just not a reality for me. But this guy just had a habit of dropping bombs um, yeah. out of nowhere. Um,
0: like, so one of my favorite little books that I have is the Dallas Willard dictionary. Yeah. Because one of Dallas Willard's greatest gifts spiritually speaking i think was defining terms yes like he had a way of defining biblical ideas and stuff um, like a dictionary would mm-hmm. but in a way that makes you really um think and process and it showed up in last week's episode yeah. actually in our live thing when when i gave the definition of the kingdom of god which you said mm-hmm. was, was the same as the definition you gave um the the, the range of god's effective yeah, yeah. will I love that definition. It took me a while to consume it, but it's a. Once you do, you're sort of like, that definition has changed my life. Yes. Because it helps me access it. Yeah, that well, the, I, I mean, the yeah.
1: ruthless elimination of hurry. John Mark Comer actually wrote a book called The Ruthless, ruthless Elimination to... of Hurry. And when I read the title, I was like, I hope you're paying royalties. Yeah. Because that's like. <laughs> yeah, I was in
0: class the other day at seminary and someone said, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And. And another person says, oh, yeah, like John Mark Comer. I said, uh-uh. Like Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard said that long before. <laughs> and I said, John Mark Comer's, like, making a killing on this. And I love John. Like, yeah. John Mark Comer's yeah, awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And he would totally admit that it yeah. was Dallas Willard. It's all in there. But uh, somehow he's more famous for the statement than Dallas Willard is. And that just happens Even sometimes. though it's a direct quotation. <laughs> um, anyway. So I think
1: get it, read it. You can you probably find it for three bucks. Um, and and if you don't yeah. like it, I will refund your three bucks. Yeah. But no more than three bucks. And only for Mark. Nobody else. <laughs> um, All right. What was his other question? I All can't right. afford three bucks for everybody. This is, the, <laughs> this is the,
0: um, uh, the main body of the question. We have two definitions of the kingdom of heaven uh, from Wikipedia. We have uh, thought to be the main content of Jesus' preaching in the gospel of Matthew— the kingdom of heaven mm. describes uh, a process or course of events whereby God begins to govern or to act as the king, to, uh, king of or Lord, an mm. action therefore uh, by which God manifests His being into the world. And the second definition. So let me summarize that because it's hard. Maybe on an audio setting, it's hard to sort of consume a Wikipedia definition. It's sort of the definition I used in the sermon. Mm-hmm. It's the rule and yep. reign of God. Mm-hmm. in the world, and beyond. Mm-hmm. That's the definition I sort of use. And then the second one is God ruling in eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron kind of discounted the second one by saying Jesus uh, claimed that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But some of the Beatitudes seem to point towards the second definition. In other words, heaven when you die, which is the way I refer to it in the sermon. I want to be part of the kingdom of heaven when you die, sort of thing. I, some of the Beatitudes seem to be empathetic, or em, yeah, empathetic, while others seem to be goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Aaron even said, not in this kingdom, and he, he goes on to describe his thing. So he said, some of the Beatitudes feel goal oriented mm-hmm. or things to be strived for, mm-hmm. and other Beatitudes seem like they're more compatible with the way i preach the sermon and
1: that, and that is that is the tension point that yeah. i well first out of all earlier. super
0: insightful yeah great question um yeah. into the into yeah, thing
1: because yeah. because and super insightful simply because like what i think Marx and Tua did that you know um jesus seems to land on paul seems to land on the kingdom of heaven is both a present reality in jesus mind and a future, and a future re- yeah
0: which i hinted at in the yeah. message and we uh, he and i actually already talked about this yeah, so yeah, i'm answering this Because I thought his question was so well thought through that it was worthwhile for all of you to hear it. But I think
1: if you said to Jesus, is the kingdom now or in the future? He would have said yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and he would have said, is the kingdom on earth or is it um, in heaven? In heaven. He would have said, yeah, Um, because it's all of those things. Yeah. It's vertical. It's horizontal. Like it's so it's vertical, like somewhere, heaven, space, like. He might where, even
0: say it's in the past, too. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it could extend in the Old Testament. And there the is Old actually Testament. a more,
1: beautiful yeah. sermon by, I think it's Tim Mackey, he does a beautiful job of talking about, um, is it when is the kingdom? Or, or when, is, when is heaven or something like that?
0: Do you know something about Tim Mackey I don't? I think you I'm sent like, me this sermon. I'm the biggest fanboy ever.
1: I think you sent me this sermon. Okay. It's the one where he does the whole cute thing with that I've got the mug. Like a Bible oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he, he talks okay. in that about like you know when when is heaven? Is it like a, a spatial thing, or is it a future thing? Is it a past thing? Uh, or oh, paradise? That was it. When is paradise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because the biblical writers seem comfortable with the tension. It's a past thing. It's Eden. It's a present thing somewhere in a spatial reality we can't see. Because where today you will be with me in paradise. Um, is what Jesus says to the thief mm-hmm. on the cross, but it 's also a future revelation thing um and there 's quite a few of those things paradise heaven, kingdom of God like some kind of connection between all of those things um it is both now and it 's in the future it 's distant and it 's within, and we can 't always get that. Uh, yeah. like that that 's not that 's not supposed to be an intellectual proposition maybe.
0: Yeah, and the second part of his question being like some of the Beatitudes feel like goal, goals that we should try and strive for. Mm-hmm. And others feel more in alignment with my reading, which was the whole, I, like, who's invited.
1: And and we are, we are. So I, I think I said earlier, yes, the second four are virtues in the way that the first four aren't. And there's 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 a couple of splits that have been suggested because we see them written out in a list we assume that that's how they appear but again remember in the greek language as in the original texts all in capitals no punctuation no verses um there's some parallels in the first four in some alliteration that suggests they're a group and then there's a second four some people have said that the the grouping goes three four three two some have suggested four, four with like an addendum to the last one, um so there's some different ways to read that, but the four at so the like
0: bottom so the four at the bottom, starting with what hunger starting and with thirst? G- well
1: yeah, go go up again, like on the thing, sorry we're looking at, so one, two, three, no, not hunger, and thirst, go down next one, so
0: it's merciful. so yeah,
1: merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers. Um, and
0: persecuted, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Those could see like were seen at different points in the church as like things to be strived for. Um, there and, were actually, a, and we'll talk about this today. There was a whole era of the church where people tried to become martyrs. Um, they, like they because it gave some assurance of yeah you know, being being in eternity.
0: Yeah. So so like if I can just manage to get martyred, then I'm definitely going to heaven when I yeah. die. Yeah.
1: But again, like depending on the breakdown, you could put those the first four, then the the next three which are the most clearly virtues, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peaceful.
0: And a lot of people want to make an argument for hunger and thirst for righteousness as being a very positive
1: Yeah, thing. So, yeah. so they could be seen as virtues. They are not then necessarily goals to chase. Like, now, I
0: I would venture to say, like I made the case in, this, in my sermon, that the reason we think of these as virtues is Pretty much only because of the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think I, because yeah. prior,
0: you know, in the in his context, again, these things wouldn't have been as positively mm-hmm. frowned. But like, there's some, there are some arguments that Stoic philosophers and stuff were starting to make arguments in this yeah. direction at the same time. And so, yes, uh, just to be intellectually honest, yes, there are some other teachers in. Uh, But But Jesus is the one who shaped the entire Western civilization, not some stoic philosopher.
1: And turning virtues into goals is also an interesting, like, there's been an interesting journey as to when that's happened in specific ways.
0: But I also think that um, even if they are virtues, even if they are virtues, they're only virtues because you're invited into the kingdom, yes. not the other way around. And they
1: could all be in the context of the first century. So like, you know, blessed of the merciful, like congratulations to the merciful. It's kind of like, yeah, congratulations to the guy that can't even slit a Roman's throat when he comes across him in a dark alley. Like congratulations to the guy who's so merciful he won't even stand up and defend his nation we saw that in in vietnam like in the like during the draft with the conscientious yeah. objectors congratulations to the ones that like that don't really love their country and won't really fight for it like it, it, the, there's a snark side that that could be read into um well cool. yeah not that jesus is saying it in that way like jesus again surprisingly counter-intuitive, counter-cultural but but someone could use these words in the the context of the day in a way that's that's not entirely positive like oh congratulations to you you probably never think bad about anybody um congratulations to you you probably get like screwed over on every business deal because you're not that smart and you're not that willing to see the person pulling the wool over your eyes congratulations to you that want us to be friends with the romans and to kind of hang out with them and build one happy little world there um congratulations to you because you want just an open border. You want to welcome anybody in like there's, there's ways you can read those things yes. in the context and, and they're not entirely positive at all.
0: I think you should preach on all these again, because I feel like we need to linger there longer. So um, if I'm, if I'm allowed to put in votes <laughs> for this
1: coming Sunday sermon, I love it. A democratic system to sermon or with one voter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so powerful.
0: Um, but So uh, I – but I also would venture to say part of the reason we feel like they're go-oriented is we have come to see these as virtues. But they're only virtues Mm -hmm. if you you can understand the beauty and the invitation of the gospel. So the only safe way to be merciful Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. to be a kingdom person, truly – yeah. if you if you want to genuinely exercise the maximal level of mercy, mm. it's unwise unless yeah. you have a God who will show you mercy. yeah, the only way you should have this pure pureness of heart out like if you're outside of Jesus's way of thinking um this pure of heart that he's describing here isn't a virtue until like perfectionism mm-hmm. right like You should have a perfect standard for everyone and yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so mean to the people around you Mm -hmm. to be a perfectionist and expect everyone to be perfect. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But if you say, oh, I can satisfy my my perfectionism by looking at the perfection and the kindness and Mm -hmm. the goodness of God. Again, these, these virtues are only virtues if you factor in the way of Jesus. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I think one that we, we didn't get a chance, maybe I'll get to it in the sermon, but we, we didn't get a chance to talk about today that pushes me massively in the direction that you're talking about is uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Because to us now, like, righteousness has become like being like God. Um, yeah. But the word has so many connections with justice.
0: Like the social activist or something, yeah.
1: Like like the the one that hasn't received justice. So, like it's the most natural reading in its first century context would be blessed are you when you feel like you've been denied what is rightfully yours. Like blessed are you when you're knocking on the door of the judge who's not answering your calls anymore. Yeah. Blessed are you when your 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 husband ran off with his mistress and took everything you owned with you blessed are you when like dot 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 like on and on and on um because we know those people aren't blessed like uh, and and yet counterintuitively jesus says no even you um yeah which is is just uh it's just magical
0: and i think this last question we can just um go through rel- relatively quickly but he's he said because I feel like we've already answered most of these questions in the course of the rest of the episode, but is the poorest in spirit, somebody who tries to make goals to be poorest in spirit? I'm struggling with the message I sent last night over. (laughs) So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I think we already hinted at this, like, again, being poorer or more destitute in spirit doesn't get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not the point. This isn't a, being, being the attributes of the beatitude isn't a lever that you pull.
1: Mm-hmm. It is if not. I
0: get poorer, then I get more kingdom. It's not a if lever. If I get mourninger, yeah. then I get more comfort. Exactly. It's not a lever. It's not a tool that you wield.
1: It's not a lever. It's not even a lever, which is the only way to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that, and on that bombshell. Um,
0: yeah, I love it. So tune in next week when we talk about the beatitudes again
1: i love it see, you see guys. y'all bye.
0: and i've got to find the end button bye